You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian women who are ready to write their first book, and then more, so they can lead their readers into spiritual freedom while leading their own families into financial freedom. I'm Mika Maples, and this is episode 110, Do What You Fear. If God has been whispering into your heart that it's time to write a book, and if friends and family have said over the years, you should write a book, then why haven't you? Maybe you've been telling yourself, I don't have time to write a book. I'll do it later when my schedule kind of frees up. Maybe you've been telling yourself, well, I don't have a clue of how to do it. I don't know what to do next. And as soon as I figure it out, I won't be experiencing so much confusion and overwhelm, and I'll know how to write the book. I'll take a step forward. May I offer to you that it's not a lack of time. It's not confusion or overwhelm. It's not any of those things that is really preventing you from taking the next step and beginning your book. How do I know? Because if you are listening to this podcast, you are already an anointed and appointed writer whose calling is to advance the kingdom and transform people in Jesus' name. And you'll do that through Christian books. Your ministry is on the page. And through that vehicle, the Lord is going to give you opportunities to meet people face to face, to speak life over them, to give hugs, handshakes, pats on the back, that real one-to-one contact that will bring about a renewed life and vigor in that other person. But until they meet you face to face, they're going to meet you page to page. And I believe that those pages are just waiting to be filled with the words that God has given you. I've said before, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he cannot touch your gifts and your calling, which are irrevocable according to Romans eleven twenty nine. So if he's coming to steal and kill and destroy, and he can't touch your gifts and your calling, then what does he go after? He tries to steal, kill, and destroy your confidence. And the way he does that is through fear. So the real obstacle standing in your way will never be time. We've all been given the same amount of time. Don't believe the lie that some people have more free time than others. No matter what's in our lives, we all have the same amount of time. We all have the same amount of trying to discover and decipher and make order, create order out of the chaos of thoughts and ideas that have yet to be brought together in a unified message. All of us face those exact same things. But what is presenting itself to you as confusion, overwhelm, self-doubt, and a lack of time is actually just fear, wearing a different mask every time. So let me talk today about fear. Fear is a spirit. It's not just a feeling. Although we feel it as a feeling, it's actually a spirit. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit 
not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. My nieces and nephews are memorizing it this way. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline and self-control are actually fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the antidote, the opposite spirit to the spirit of fear. The Father of Lights gives us the Holy Spirit. The Father of Lies gives us the Fear Spirit. And both the Holy Spirit and the Fear Spirit are whispering to us at all times. You can't make either one of them be quiet. And you can't say, I can't hear them either. People love to say, I can't hear God the way you do. That's not true. He's always speaking, always speaking. And the fear spirit is always speaking as well. That's the enemy's vehicle to kind of manipulate your thoughts. You can listen to whomever you want to. You'll begin echoing their voice. If I turn on Garth Brooks, kind of like a lifelong favorite of mine, if I turn on Garth Brooks in the car, then... Later throughout the day, guess what I'm going to be singing? The rest of the day, I'm going to be singing Calling Baton Rouge. I mean, it's just going to happen. I did that yesterday. I played that song. (laughs) And the rest of the day, I was singing Calling Baton Rouge under my breath. Well, if I instead turn on, I don't know, something by Harry Styles, let's say. Well, I'm going to be singing something else. I'm going to be singing that new one that I love so much as it was. So if I turn on that song, I'm going to be singing a different song that day. If I turn on my new favorite worship album, Lion by Elevation Worship, has a little lamb on the front, highly recommend that album. I can be echoing the sound of that worship all day long if I play that worship for myself and I listen to it. And on the days where I am echoing the sound of worship, when I am letting it ring throughout the minutes of my day, I'm going to have a different kind of day than if I'm just singing Calling Baton Rouge or as it was. (laughs) You know, that's fine. We love fun songs like that. But intentionality in listening to what we know will breed more life in our life, will produce according to its kind. Well, that changes everything. So in the same way, if you listen to the Lord and let your mouth echo what he speaks over you, it will produce all day long for you. You listen to the spirit of fear and let it echo through the words of your mouth. It will have an opposite effect all day long. So recognize that fear is not just something that's tame. It is a spirit that seeks to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. And it will do so by completely wiping out your confidence and faith in the Lord Almighty. Do not listen to the spirit of fear. Here's another verse that reminds us that fear is a spirit. Romans 8, 15 says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. 
you have the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and that spirit that you received brings about your adoption into the family of God, so that Father God is your heavenly Father. But the spirit of fear brings you into not a family, but into slavery. Fear is a spirit that enslaves. It doesn't adopt. It enslaves. The Holy Spirit adopts. The spirit of fear enslaves. So recognize what fear is. And we can't just indulge it by, you know, continually saying, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Well, let it be a clue to you that you are entering into slavery every time you say that. You can feel the tremor of fear and not give in to it. You can feel it, hear the footsteps of fear approaching and maybe acknowledge that with your words, but immediately counteract it with faith. Maybe saying, I do feel some fear right now, but I'm going to move in faith. I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. God gave me an adoption into his family, not an entrapment into slavery. So recognize, yes, that fear is a spirit. Recognize, too, that even though fear is a spirit, it is subject to the Holy Spirit. Fear is powerless in the presence of love. Fear is powerless in the presence of love. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. God is love, we know that, and where he is, fear cannot survive. So when we feel that tremor of fear, we feel the oncoming footsteps of fear, and we sense it, then the immediate place to go is in the presence of God where we are overwhelmed by God's love instead of being overwhelmed by the things that we're afraid of. The second we start to feel it, we jump into the presence of the Lord. Of course, his presence never leaves us, but we intentionally position ourselves in his presence so that his perfect love can cast out the spirit of fear. Fear has to do with punishment. We're afraid that we're going to have some shame, that we're going to fail. Punishment all around the idea of writing. Like I was never good enough as a writer. And so that's going to end up showing up one day. Nobody's going to want to read my book. The editor's going to rip it to shreds, yada, yada, yada. All of that is a fear of punishment. What if you just let it go? What if you just allow the love of God to embrace and envelop you and cast out the fear that you will be punished for even wanting to write a book? God wants to give you the desires of your heart, and most of the desires of your heart are from Him. The desires of your heart that are in alignment with His will, He will give you. And it's the enemy's scheme to make us think, yeah, that desire in your heart, that one to write a book, that one is not in alignment with God's will. He would never give that to you. You have a good father. Please relax in the gentle embrace of his love and let him give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought 
the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. So when I say put yourself in a position to receive the comfort of his presence, of course, of course, we're always in. He says, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. So his presence goes with us. We carry the Holy Spirit. We don't have to call the Holy Spirit. He's always with us. He's within us as his joy is to dwell in us. But we can intentionally position ourselves to experience his presence more deeply when we are in his word, when we choose to be still, when we fast and forsake food for a time so that we can hear him more clearly, when we pray, when we worship, when we do, when we are in a community of believers All of those spiritual disciplines are intentionally positioning ourselves. You don't earn God's favor that way. You position yourself to experience his presence. And when you seek the Lord through the spiritual disciplines like that, he will answer you and he will deliver you from the spirit of fear. Next, we know that fear is off limits for a Christian. God actually gives some pretty strong instructions around the idea of fear. In Isaiah 41, 10, he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He wouldn't say fear not unless it was actually possible for you to fear not. But what fear does is he makes it seem as if fear is non-negotiable. That fear is just going to happen to you. And when it happens to you, there's nothing you can do. But God would not have put a verse like that where he's telling you not to do something if you were incapable of not doing it. If you had no choice but to be afraid, God wouldn't tell you not to. And we can read in Joshua 1, 9, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Courage is a commandment. Have you ever thought of that? Courage is a commandment. He's actually saying, you must do this. You must be courageous in the face of fear because courage is just another facet of love. When we are filled with God's love, when we are empowered by God's love, we are courageous. We are. And that courage, that love courage actually drives out fear before us. So it doesn't mean that you still won't hear the footsteps though. Because that's the only tactic the enemy has. When we confront fear with courage, then all the enemy can do is keep on stomping around us. And when you hear those footsteps and feel that tremor of fear, you do it anyway. I love that I've heard so many people use the phrase, do it scared. I think what we imagine courage to be is the absence of fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the confrontation of fear. Courage is not feeling absolute confidence and no concern at all 
it's actually saying, I disregard the concern. I disregard the fear and I do it anyway. Courage is doing it scared. It's saying, even though I don't know how this is going to turn out, I'm going to hold more valuable the life of faith. I'm going to hold that more valuable than protecting myself because I feel fear or trepidation. It is more important to me to take a risk and do what God's calling me to do than it is to keep myself safe. It's a commandment to be courageous. Last, I want you to know that fear is a trap. Fear is a trap. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. It's almost cliche to say that you perform for an audience of one. But I've always said the thing that is amazing about that concept is that Jesus performed for an audience of one as well. He saved the world, but he did it because his father asked him to. That's one layer of his story is that he did it because his father asked him to. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, if there's any other way, I want to do another way, but not my will, but yours be done. The second layer of his sacrifice is found in the parable of the good shepherd that leaves the 99 to go after the one sheep. When one sheep is lost, the shepherd will leave the 99 in the fold, go out and search for the one who's lost, come back rejoicing. Jesus was willing to leave others to go after one who is lost. My question to you is, are you willing to leave the 99 opinions out there for the one opinion of your Savior who loves you? But what we do is we are so afraid of what other people are going to think of us. We're afraid of our friends and our family saying, who are you? Who do you think you are to become a writer? We're afraid of the opinion of publishers or editors. We're afraid of the opinion of readers. Nobody's going to want to read this. Everybody's already read something like this, blah, blah, blah. So we elevate all the 99 opinions out there. We elevate those opinions above the opinion of Jesus Christ, the only one that we need to concern ourselves with. And here's the thing. The fear of man lays a snare. So when we elevate those 99 opinions, opinions of friends, families, editors, uh, readers, all of on and on and on, when we have the fear of their opinions, it's a trap. One of the reasons it's a trap, I love the uh, quote from Bill Johnson. I'm, I'm not sure I'm saying it exactly right, but he says, If you live by the praise of others, you will die by their critique. If you live by what other people say about you, if you need their high esteem so much that you're willing to not follow your calling so that they don't say things about you, that's a trap. Like I said, the enemy cannot steal, kill, or destroy your gifts or your calling, but he can trap them. He just has to lay a fear of man out there and have us say, I am going to not go after the opinion of the one. I'm not going to be like my good shepherd. I'm just going to stay and tend to the opinions of others. 
make sure that I'm in the good graces, that I'm doing what others think I should do. But if you really want to feel safe, it is not by staying in the fold. The rest of that verse has, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. It looks like in that comfy little sheep pen that we're safe. That's not true. That's where the mass opinions of others are a snare to us, the fear of man. He says, follow me. When you go after the opinion of the one and you follow your Jesus, your Jesus will keep you safe. Your Savior will keep you safe. Whoever trusts in him, go after the opinion of the one and you will be safe. I have always loved um, a sermon that I heard preached by Priscilla Shire, and I'm paraphrasing her as well, but she said, whenever I am facing two opinion, two options in my life, like, should I do this or should I do this? And they have kind of equal weight or equal interest in her life. She looks at him and she's like, okay, Lord, which one am I afraid of? And she waits to see where the fear shows up. Because I'm going to tell you what, since we know, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Then we know where the fear shows up. It's a curtain to obscure our view of what God is giving us next. So when you have two options, three options in front of you, be still, pray, and ask God, where does the fear show up? See where you start to feel that tremor of fear, where you start to hear the footsteps of fear approaching. The enemy's only going to go to the trouble to put a curtain of fear in front of the thing that God has for you. But you know this, when Jesus died, it tore the curtain of the temple from top to bottom, giving us access to the Most High God. God is love, and love casts out fear. So when you're looking at those options in front of you, and you sense the fear, recognize it as a spirit, recognize that it is powerless in the presence of, a, of love, recognize that it's really off limits to you because your command is to be courageous and recognize that it's a trap. So the thing that you fear is not what you should avoid, but what you should do. I'll talk to you soon. Until then, keep writing. Hey there, I'm excited to announce something new that I have for you. I'm calling it Truth Text for Writers. If you need regular encouragement that you can read over yourself, I am statements like, I am a child of God. I am an anointed and appointed writer. If you need that regular encouragement to speak life over yourself and your writing career, then sign up for Truth Text for Writers. I'll send you a text once a week with statements that you can read over yourself to unleash a biblical blessing where you need it the most. Simply go to nikamaples.com forward slash truth text. nikamaples.com forward slash truth text to sign up.